the Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Bowen Heads are very proud to bring you episode 22 of The Tree on the Wing. You know I'm a dreamer. With his family pedigree, there was not a lot of choice whether Tim Zula ended up being a member of the Barnheads Football and Netball Club. His uncle Don Cameron and Don's sister Bonnie were already well established as members before Tim was born, and when he was old enough to play, there was no more logical place. Tim not only provides a connection between us and the astronomically committed Cameron siblings, who are now both sadly passed, but he also played footy with many of his own heroes, whom he'd seen win premiership after premiership as a young boy. He shared some incredible memories of playing senior footy in the late 70s and early 80s, and a wonderful insight into the amount of work that his late auntie Bonnie and his uncle Don put into the football club. He also shared an incredible tale of a nautical encounter with one of the club's most popular players. Tim's a great storyteller and remembers a lot of stuff in a lot of detail and we had a very long chat with him which was very relevant and interesting so it was hard to edit so the episode goes for 100 minutes and will be shared in two parts this is part a so don't forget to listen to part b after you've finished it we hope you enjoy our conversation with tim zula Okay, we are recording. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I am Teddy Donnell and uh, once again, two episodes in a row, I'm coming to you from the Beach House in Bowen Heads. We've got a very nice Bowen Heads Brewing Company mid-strength ale in front of us, some lovely dim sims and a bit of hummus bread and I'm joined by the man who I believe is the best network person that I know in Geelong. And as an illustration of that, he was telling me this morning that he went to the football at Torquay last week and he had to go and see his wife, who was approximately 15 metres away from him. And it took him about 15 or 20 minutes to walk from where he was to see his wife because so many people greeted him and wanted to speak with him. And in the end, he got up to where his wife was and the people around her, he probably knew, had known longer than she. I'm joined by Russell Nipper Highland. G'day, Nip. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Teddy. I uh, that was correct. That story. I was at Torquay watching the Seagulls play. Very big crowd there. Uh, a lot of old mates. A couple of which purchased me a beer. And I did uh, mention to my young son Harry that he should have a look in the uh, president's room. On the wall, there's some pho- photographs there, and there's more photographs on that wall of me than we have at home. But. Um, I digress. Uh, Teddy, it's great to be here. It's even greater to be drinking the Bowen Heads Brewing Company Mid-Strength. It's a treat. Not a bad brew, and our guest has already made comment that he liked it. So yep, Choice of beer for me at the moment. So, Nipper, I'm just going to do a little bit of uh, housework because we missed something last week in our conversation when we spoke about four things that went missing from Bowen Heads or that we lost from, Bar- from the Bowen Heads community all in the one week, and we left one out, and it was a rather important one mm. to this podcast. Not that the others weren't important. They were people that we uh, both loved and admired, and we lost them, sadly. But the important thing to this podcast, and to the listeners of this podcast, is, and we have many and varied listeners, and they're in other places. They're not all here in Bowen Heads, and some of them, this is their connection with the footy club at the moment. So, unfortunately, during that week, we lost the tree on the wing. 
We did. Which has now become the stump on the wing. Big stump at that. It is a very large stump, isn't it? Magnificent view from the club rooms, though. You can actually see the Ocean Grove side of the uh, bay, um, yes, which we... is a little bit tarnished, but the beautiful ocean, and um, yeah. is, it's wonderful to see. Probably something they should have cut down years ago. <laughs> and it won't be replaced, apparently, which is... Well, it won't be replaced in our lifetime, because the thing was 100 years old. Yeah. And we're... Uh, if we even we, we get to be 100, it's still a fair... Not going to be much of a tree by then. Hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, fair bit of it got a good haircut in that big storm we had, and then they yep. decided that they would cut it down. And that all happened in that same week when Did. when those those people that we lost, yeah. Simon Lont and uh, Trevor Bishop. And Danny and Murphy. Danny Murphy, yeah. Hmm. So that was something that we, we got a bit excited talking to our, our guest last week, who was Dennis Johnson, if you haven't already caught up with it. It was a fantastic chat. So if you haven't heard it, go back and have a listen. It was really, really good. I just should mention, Teddy, that I um, followed up a bit of stuff on Jono's talk and he mentioned a mate of his from Winchelsea called Harves. Yes. And it wasn't Laurie, it was Laurie's nephew. But I got into one of my contacts from the Winchelsea area and asked if he could remember who Harves was. And um, his name was Neil. Yep. The important thing was his son played a bit of football and was probably a better footballer than um, his father was. He's actually the AFL Games record holder. So it was Brent Harvey's father played footy at Winchelsea back in the 70s. Neil. Neil Not the cricketer. Oh, yes, not the cricketer. Right. You, did, you, did, you said that yeah, the other way. Not yeah. the cricketer, but it was Neil Harvey and his son Brent went on to play footy. And he was good mates with John A. So there you go. There you go. Nipper, I'm going to throw to you to introduce our guest. And the reason that I brought up the tree on the wing and told people that it's no longer there is because... Our guest may have some memories of spending time in the tree on the wing. I'm sure he has. He's been around the football club as a young man, young boy growing up, because his family, and in particular his uncle Don Cameron and his auntie Bonnie Cameron, are both life members, both very famous people of the club. Don was a past player, um, played in, I think he might have started in you know, the 40s or even the late 30s, that Early sort of that, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Donny told me that he played in 1937. Yeah, well, yeah. that would be the late 30s sort yeah. of thing, yeah. 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 He went on and coached, he was on the committee, he, he was the bloke who was, when we were kids, always picking up cans, driving us to the footy, that sort of thing, and I mean... Mowing what, the footy ground. Yeah, all those sort of things. Bonnie, uh, the list's too long for what Bonnie's done, um... Suffice to say that, you know, the canteen was named in her honour. So um, she's uh, very sadly missed and she's a very important part of our club. And, of course, our guest tonight spent a lot of time with his auntie and uncle around the club. He was a fun bloke to have around the club. Played junior football and went on and played senior football and was, um, I suppose you could say, apprenticed to the great Joey Marshman in the back line. And uh, I think he might have learned a thing or two, um, whether he put them into practice or not, I'm not too sure, but he was a bit of a sidekick to Joey there for a little while. He's uh, got some great memories and he's a great fellow and I've been speaking to him a little bit over the years to get him on this podcast, so Teddy pulled his finger out and got him in here. And I rang him once and he said yes, yeah. I don't know why it was so hard for you. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> anyway, it's really good to have the great man, Timmy Zula. How are you Tim? Welcome to the podcast. Look, thank you uh, Nip, Teddy, I'm, uh, I'm honoured to be asked. And so, uh, we must... And- we must mention, there's been a couple of people who have wandered in with Wow had his uh, bomber jacket on from the 90s. We had anyone else? I think Alan Fry might have had a Bowenheads footy club beanie on. Yeah, I'd, something like yeah. that. Some fashion statement that he yeah, would have worn. Yes. Tim's got his under-13 footy jumper on. <laughs> it's a little bit tight, but it does fit him. The sleeves don't come all the way down to the wrists. Or, or the elbows. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's got the BHOG and the Seagull on the front. It's woolen. It's got a collar. And it is an absolute collector's item. Brilliant. It's got the number on the back sewn on a patch. So it's not an individual number. There's a a piece there that's printed on white, black on white, the uh, old number 48, which when I was a kid was the highest number going around in Bowling Senior Team. That's right. I was at the footy on Saturday. There's a number 95 running around for the Bowling Seniors on set. 95. Well, my youngest bloke played St Mary's night game on Colac Saturday. with 71 on. 71 on his yeah, back. On his oh, back. So, that's a good one. Uh, there's yes. a, bit, a little bit of history with this jumper. It's been, I'm not the only one that's worn it. I'm glad I've ended up with it. It's um, Spicker Mesdros. I don't know if you remember Peter. Yes. Big Spicker, Ruckman. Yep. He used to wear it at training. And um, when him and Neil Hansen left to go to the West, they called into Arnie Bond, Uncle Don's on a Sunday morning. He said, here, this is for you. Oh, wow. I was wearing 48, which is pretty good. The last time it was played in a game, Jeff King wore it out against Coinscliffe on his last game. Now, we didn't have Barnard's Ocean Grove there with Barnard's yep. Footy Club, but he actually wore the jumper out there. Yeah. And it was his last game. There's a bit of a, a, bit of a stir oh. and a little bit of a story. He was going out with a bang. And mm-hmm. he did that yep. with an all-in, which you'd probably remember, which um, resulted in Donnie Cameron, Uncle Don, and Ronnie Lawn getting a phone call at 8 o'clock at night from the police station at Queenscliff. <laughs> you come over and bail this bloke out, and they get over there, and it's Kingy, oh. who'd gone down after the game to have a few beers, thinking everyone was behind him, and no, there was no one there, and he got a bit of a touch-up. So oh, um, That's terrible. Yeah, that was uh, Jeff Kingy. And I, the irony of it all is that he ended up as a senior constable I was going to say, I thought... police force. I was going to say, I thought... At Queensland. At Queensland. Yeah, I thought he was a Yeah. So, yeah, I did a dive course and he came over, he was going to book all the cars and I said, what are you doing here? And he, he said, I'm the... I said, you can't be, mate. You, you know the inside of the place better than the outside of the place. He said, yeah, he said, it's a bit funny. He said, don't tell anyone. So, that was Jeff King. So, yeah, there you go. About, about when was that, when he finished oh, up? Oh, I would have been 17. Would have been oh. no, about 1977. Yeah. Playing in the seniors? No, in the reserves. In the reserves yeah. yeah, so we all went across and the um, Dotty Lawn drove us all us over there to watch because it was his last game and he used to turn up at Old Sunday in Hitchcock Avenue there on a Saturday night, get a few inks into him and um, yeah, they were going over to watch him and thinking he was going to come call in at some stage and they get the phone call to go over there and bail him out of the lockup. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So well, they're, they're, they're the other things the administrators of the club used to have to do from time to time. I believe they may still have to. <laughs> <laughs> From time to time, <coughs> nothing wrong. So, with that. yep. So when the, when the guest brings a prop, that sort of knocks us off our schedule a little bit, which is fan. No, it's fantastic. I reckon it's fantastic. We'll have well, a photo. Wife, it was my wife that actually said you've got to wear this. Yeah, well, she really like wanted you out of the house, yeah, didn't she? Did. <laughs> so she would go to Kmart and spend all my money. That's what she said. <laughs> like I said, when if she comes home and spend all your money, you'll have a lot of stuff if she bought it at Kmart. Um, I was going to say she's going to buy the place. Bit of retail therapy. Yeah, we give our guests a bit of homework to do. And the homework is the icebreaker, and the icebreaker we use is two truths and a lie. So, Tim, I spoke to you uh, yesterday, and I told you you had to come up with two truths and a lie. So, what have you got for us? Well, I've shorn over five thousand sheep. I've drunk a uh, hundred pots of Guinness in a week. I've swum twenty-eight Peter pubs in a pair of hard jacket shorts and no goggles. Five thousand sheep. Yep. How many Guinnesses? A hundred pots in a week. A hundred pots? Drank 31 on Friday night, the last day. I was a bit slow during the week. I tried to... What pub was that at? Eureka Hotel. Oh. Did you get your name up on the honour board? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> and and how Guinness, many, Guinness had a competition there. How many Peter pubs? 
28 straight. 28 I've done pubs. the last 28 straight. 28 pewter pubs. And a pair of hard yakkers and uh, no goggles. Yakkers? Can't beat them. And no goggles. Got them on now. Got them on now, Got mate. Got them on now. Wear shorts nearly every day of your life. Do they still make yakkers shorts? They do. Yeah. They're not as good as what they not, used to be. Not. We used to play footy in them. Yeah. <laughs> I think we? we did a couple of times. We had the wrong colours. Yeah. Away go, they said it was white, and now you're wearing black. Yeah. You're wearing bloody hard yakkers. We're, we're had black yakkers. Yeah, had pockets. Had yeah. pockets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I able to carry Anki out there with me. <laughs> That's right. I think Maxie Shallow used to hang a towel out the back of his he pants. Yeah. yeah. He always yeah. had it. He always he, had, had yeah. something hanging out of the back of his yeah. pants. Yeah. yeah. Now, just wipe the grass off his, out of his teeth if he dropped them. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's one bloke that ran out with a different boot on each, on each foot at one stage. Oh, dear. Mm. Yeah. A funny man, Maxie. Strange one. 5,000 sheep, 100 pots of Guinness, 28 peers to peer to pubs. Okay. I can tell you something right, right now. I've done one of those things, and I bet you everyone can guess which one too. It's not even one peer to pub. No. No, it's the 100 pots, I'm sure. Did you take a week? Uh, I don't know how long it took me. Where was that at? At the Creek Club Hotel in uh, South Melbourne, next to the Emerald. Got my name up on the honour board there. Have you? Tim, we probably don't... It's probably fairly evident to people from your life story how you end up at the footy club. But what are your first memories of the footy club? How did you end up getting there? Well, obviously with Arnie Bonnock and in Hitchcock Avenue and grew up with Rod and Tony Lawn. Um, weekends, it was uh, under 13s of the footy. We used to go down and watch the, the uh, seniors playing because Arnie Bonnock and Uncle Don were pretty heavily involved with the footy club. And then... Uh, when Bowen Heads were playing in their, those three golden years when they started, when they won those flags, like they were basically invincible, you know. So as kids growing up, you'd go down and training nights you'd watch. At one stage there, I can remember they had a handball competition at the pub, which um, Marsh ended up, hand, he got in a final with, I can't remember who this bloke was, I think he got done in the end, but there was only like a ball in it, there wasn't, wasn't much in it. So, you know, you're down the pub at bloody 11 o'clock at night, watching a handball and then you're fronting up to get on the bus or going back to school the next day. But it was basically the footy club was, you just evolved around, it was footy and cricket. And that was it. And I didn't play cricket. I know Rod and that did. But, and then you'd be out terrorising bowing heads at night time, you know. It's uh, the old, you'd all have a beer with a dozen eggs and stuff like that and a bit yeah. of fun, you know. Mm. The lawn boys are famous for um, their ability to hit the target. <laughs> well, we'll just start talking about Maxi Shallow. The only bloke I know who's got a better arm than Max Shallows would have to be Rod Lawn. Mm. Without doubt. I've seen him toss a bum nut at a moving motorbike that the bloke had his jacket undone going down Hitchcock Avenue and the egg went in the jacket. And the bloke never missed the gear, just kept going. He would have had an omelette by the time he got to where he was going. <laughs> he would have thought, what's going on here? And we just looked at one another and Rod had that famous, he'd just go, sausage, you know. Yes. And it was, just, it was just classic, but... Uh, yeah, Maxie, I've got, I've got a Tony Lawn story about chucking throat things too. <laughs> we, when Rodney first started going out with Evie, and um, she was across the road here at the Chinese, yeah. and we went to a Filipino dance night, and there was lots of Filipinos and Malaysians and all, all women and, and their husbands, and a few of the husbands were older fellas, and we were sitting there, and I looked over, and here's Tony, and he's got tears running down his face. He's laughing that hard. And I went over and I said, what have you done here, young fella? And he said, see that old bloke over there? And I looked over and there's this old fella and he's sitting there and he, he'd taken his glasses off and he's rubbing his eye. And I said, yeah. And he said, so he's rubbing his eye. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I hit him in the eye with one of those cocktail pickled <laughs> onions. 
And he goes, I gave it a good swing around in the vinegar before I threw it. And he goes, I got it over the top of his glasses. He said he had his glasses on and I got it in. And I said, how many shots? Only one. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> Only had one onion. No, both deadly. Yeah, one onion yeah. and nailed it. I'd, and I didn't stop laughing for a week. Every no, time I, I thought about it, I'd still laugh about it when I think it. One shot oh, toss. Yeah. Tony wasn't that sporting looking physically to look at. No. But he could do so many things with one go. Like if he threw some boomerang, he'd throw yeah. it and come back, he'd catch it. it yeah. Just all these. And they caught a tiger snake out on the job. And they put it in an esky. And they've come back and we're at Breeley's. And, so, and they've locked the lid off and said, oh, have a look at that. And Tony Lorne had a pitchfork in his hand. And this tiger snake sat up and it's bolted and it's heading for, a heading for the fence. One paling was off the fence on the whole back fence, one paling. And this snake saw it and was going for it and Tossel's done a, you know, a Zulu spear and he's thrown it and he's pinned this thing behind the neck, bang with the pitchfork. And there it was. Stuck. So everything Stop. he did was just a one-off, bang, bang, bang. Between bang. him and his brother are um, constantly thinking about ways of... Uh, and it was good fun. Like, we never went out to hurt anybody, you know, but... Sometimes it happened, but you didn't go out there. Sometimes it happened, but, it, uh, yeah. yeah, it was good fun, mate. Um, good fun. What, other, so what other kids were getting around playing junior football with you around that era? Obviously Rod, and I, I will say too, Rod was a good footballer, but he had to give footy away. He got sick. Yeah, it hurts when he was working there. Oh, that's right. Bloke. Early got, on, was a young bloke. He yeah. got crook, yeah. and uh, he couldn't he couldn't play a contact sport. Yeah. So he took up golf, and that's why he's such a good golfer. Yeah. That's, yeah. He just. But I, I remember him as a kid when he was still playing footy, and, and, and he used to line up at full back, and he used to do yeah. these beautiful barrels, and he was referred to then as the gun. The, yeah, the yeah, gun. Gun. And that's he was, that was, he was a gun nickname, at yeah. whatever he gun. did. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, he'd, yeah, we'd, I'd be sent half back. He'd kick it to me. He'd run up, kick him because at the time we could never really field a full side unless we yeah. had the college boys. Yep. So yep. you had the Govins boys, yep. you had Suddy. Yep. Who were some of the others? They had China. I can never remember his name. His nickname was China. Yeah. Big, tall bloke. And when we had a full side. Andy Phillip. Was that his name, yeah. Andy Phillip? Yeah. We won. And yeah. it was a great feeling to go out there and actually win a game. And the yeah. next week, yeah. you wouldn't no, see him. We'd no, be out half the side. So you'd have, yeah. yeah, smaller ones coming up and playing and. Um, Yes. It was nothing to play eight quarters of footy. How long ago is that, Tim? 50 years ago. Yeah, early 70s. Yep. And for all those listening yep. who are, who are currently involved in junior football at Bowen Heads, hmm. it's nothing new. <laughs> They're still doing it. They're still doing They're it? They've still got the problem. You'd play juniors, you'd play a game, then you'd go up and stand in the back pocket and play yeah. the next level up. Yeah. And then it's at some stage, some of the good ones, those college ballers, Sadie and there, he's a good footballer. Uh, yeah. One of the Goddards. Yeah. Um, he ended up playing at July. I think he was down at yeah, Geelong. Dave, Dave, David, got David, David was a good. Or was it Tim? No. Tim got out played. At Ge I think but Tim David. got out played senior footage. Oh no, no. Dave. I know got David played. did. Actually, there's a funny story there because um, cause we're talking about lace-up jumpers. Yes. So Arnie Bond bought me this lace-up jumper, and um, I played a game, of footy, with it on, and then David's come on, come before as I'm coming off. He said, "I need your jumper. I haven't got. There's no jumper." Can't get lace up. Yeah, no worries. So he put lace up. And he played a boomer. He got in the votes. Right? But he didn't get in the votes. Because it was on the team down, show. It was on the wrong team. No, had, they went down the number on the book. Yep. Yeah. And it was my name. So I never Perfect. even played the game and got votes for a game I never even played it. Oh, that's gold. There that was just what, you know, what yeah. different things. And we looked similar in the fact he was bigger. He was better built yep. than I was. But we had dark hair. And sort of moved a bit, and it was, and he was in the back line. I was, and I played in the back line. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just a weird. And they said, "Oh, you've got votes." 
he didn't even bloody did you play and I said no <laughs> so that was uh, that was it but yeah all that, when we had all those kids playing we were um, some of them might have come down with Sutty and there was one by the name of Brett Farmer or Dean Brett or Dean Polly Sons uh, Brett Farmer played Brett, yeah. Brett did it was yeah, Brett that's right Brett Farmer he was left footer yeah because they lived in Bowen Heads for a short time when yeah. Polly was oh, Polly when he was, was coaching one of the Jenningses I don't know if it was Andy Jennings. Yeah, Andy was very good. Andy was Andy good. Was he was big, good. heavy set. Yeah. He didn't know it. Yeah, he just ran through kids. Another yeah. Harper. Do you remember? Yeah, Billy. Um, Billy Harper. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> big Billy Harper. Yeah, Billy. Billy. I think Billy's living in Ocean Grove now. Is he? Yeah, pretty sure he is. He was yeah. big. Like, you're looking at someone who's six foot two at yeah. 13 years of age. So, yes. yeah. when we had a full side, it was yeah. um, it, it was, was a great feeling to be able to win. But we just... George Wilson? Also yeah, Georgie Wilson. Time. Yeah, George yeah. Was, he was a good footballer too. He was. Yeah. He was. Good footballer. There's a name from the past. Yeah, he's, um, uh, he's still around the club. Is he? Pretty much every weekend if he's yes. in town, yeah. he doesn't miss a game of yeah. cricket or footy in Bowen Heads. If he's in town, if he's not out camping or fishing or um, living in Bali for a few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah. He took one of the best marks I've ever seen, and they um, <laughs> they gave it against him for sitting on the shoulder. He was <laughs> on the too high. Sat on his shoulder and uh, no, he's sitting on his neck or on his shoulder. Oh, it was a ripper. That was at Newcomb, right in front of the coach's box. Uh, so, so, so from what about, about what age were you when you first started playing? Well, I played a, a couple of years at East Geelong, so seventy one, seventy two. Then, did you actually live with Bonnie when you were did, a, did a younger kid? Uh, yes and no. Like, footy training was a couple of night, one night a week. So we we're only training. So I, one night a week and then the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then one night a week. I preferred it down here, but I wasn't getting any schoolwork done. Like, you know, you got the lawns, you got Rod and Tony over the other side of the road, and it was just, we just terrorised bowing heads every night, and in the end we just had to go, no. Mum and Dad said, no, you can't be doing this too much, mate. you got to be... Uh... So I used to get a lift down with Ronnie Lawn. He'd pick me up and bring me down, and I'd get the bus back. So did that, played in the Eastern Colts for a year, and then played the rest at... Um... And I came down prior to uh, playing at East was um, at... Bowen Heads, they had the under 13. Uncle Don was coaching. So played then and then came down after that and played all my footy year, which was good. It was uh, and I enjoyed it, you know. Everyone asked me, you know, what's the highlight of your playing footy and all that and obviously it was centered around the footy club. But as a little fella, when I say little fella, you're eleven years, twelve years old, and you're watching Barnett's Football Club win a premiership, then they win another one, another one. And you're there, you're around the club every weekend, you go down there on a Saturday, on a Sunday. A lot of the blokes would actually kick a footy too. They'd, they'd come out and kick. Um, Dennis Johnson was good for it yep. because he was just always for the young ones. Uh, Brian Marshman, Tank Fry, Jack Evans, they were all... Um, Watto, they'd all be out having a kick. They'd let you go. Watto in. wasn't much older than you, really. Was no, he, he wasn't. Yeah. And Watto had fair dink, and Watto could have could have gone into a bodybuilding comp and won it because mm. he had he had the build you'd ever you'd dream for to play footy. Obviously, Wayne Corns yep. growing up came on the scene. Yeah, uh, Kenny Mack was playing. Yep. So you grow up thinking they're heroes, basically. Because I didn't go and watch AF, uh, the VFL or whatever. He had those, but. These yeah. were blokes that you yeah. sort of looked up to. And then the highlight is to actually go out in the ground and play footy with play them. Play with them, yeah, exactly. Right next to them, you think, geez, how good is this? I used to watch them as a kid. They're still playing footy. So they've played, God, 15 years of senior footy. And then mm. you're going out there as a 75 kilo ring and wet, snotty nosed kid. And these blokes are there with no teeth in their head and jock strapped halfway up their back and still wearing the original boots and the whole lot. 
That's just you know? the absolute description of Marshy. <laughs> that, that was Marshy to a T. Yeah. And, and they'd come in. Gordon Watson was a classic because you'd look around and he was he epitomised. He was fit looking bloke and at half time, quarter time, he's got a dart. Yeah. He's smoking. Yeah. And you think, mate, I was too shit frightened to even bloody have a, a, an orange or drink water. Thinking, <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And he's having a... <laughs> but they were, they were good. They'd teach you things on the ground. They said, you know, do this next time. This is what I want you to do, you know. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's how far ahead... They were, you know, with experience and years. Mm. But it was nice. It was good to play. Um, all those blokes. All those, yeah, play with them. I got a chance to play with them. Mm. A lot of blokes didn't. Yeah. Chooker, kicking goals. He was um, a yeah. good. And they're at their age, they're still fit. They yeah. talk about blokes. He's at their age, they're still now. fit now. They, yeah. I'd like to, you know, they should have had a tracker on them then. I'd hate to think yeah. how many, you know, kilometres they would have ran during yeah. a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, not that Marshy and Tank Fry in the back pocket did much running, but oh, well, they threw a lot of left hooks. But if there, if there might have been a fight up the forward line, they were pretty quick to cover that ground. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'll tell you another one that just popped into my mind, which uh, was Simon Taylor. Simon Taylor. Yeah. 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 He, he was actually ended up a pretty good footballer. Yeah, very good. He, yeah, uh, there's a really good photo of him with one of those on. One of those. Oh, uh, he's, got, he's got BHFC. Yeah, it's got the SC he, on it. He's got his 74. Premiership, Premiership jumper, jumper on it, and yeah. it still fits him. And there was a photo of him and um, Big Joseph Sincotta and Toby Bennett from the the Butcher's Son uh, at school at St Joey's when Bowenheads won their flag a couple of years ago. Beautiful, yeah, that's a great photo that one. You played in that eighty, that's eighty two year, did you? Yep, yeah, eighty seventy eight seventy nine, right through to eighty five eighty year off eighty five or eighty six, and come back. Did you play? Did you play in the Premiership team in the reserves? Yeah, yeah, eighty seven, yeah. And that was a lot of that was homegrown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we hadn't played with one another for ages. And then you, like, we were a pretty good side. Yeah. And we played Torquay in the last round That's down right. here. Yeah. And um, they beat us. And um, we went on to, to win the next two games really comfortable. Yeah. And got to the granny and be 50 odd points down at three quarter time yeah. and win by about seven was just, I thought, sort of don't get any better than that. No. You know? And that, that was, was a good great. side. And when you look at it, a lot of those blokes. <laughs> They'd already played in premierships. Yep, yep. But some of those blokes got the chance to play with, like myself, got, yeah. got to play with, um, you'd say, legends of the club. Yeah, exactly. And they were, we were juniors and they were seniors. Yes. They were still playing. And we, st- we were winning games. Like, we'd, it been the first time, probably in my life, where we actually were winning games week after week after week after week. We just kept winning games. I'm thinking, this yeah. is not norm for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we just right. don't... We're competitive for half a game and then we just drop off, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we were winning games and then, geez, we're a chance here. And I think the, look, the last training night, they were pretty smart. Shane Poulter, Alan Fry coaching that. Yeah. They had about 40 blokes that could have qualified for that team. Yeah. So they, everyone was up and down the whole year. Yeah. They were pretty clever about it. I, you know, I was grateful I ended up playing and had a role to play and did the best we could. And Fantastic. Turned out really well, you know. We went and watched the prelim the week before. Tank took us to that. And yeah. He said, "This is your job." And then he go the next way. This is your job. Next day, you see that bloke. That's going to be your job. And you know, went right through everyone. So that was a good year, enjoyable yeah. year. And it was and a good year. We it wasn't looking like such a brilliant plan at three quarter time, though, was it? No, <laughs> no I was absolutely stunned. I didn't Queens really Clifford. know the scores at that stage, yeah. but I knew we'd. Um, they had a blonde-headed bloke who's Queenscliff who'd come from. I think he was from Footscray somewhere. And he was just toweling them up left, right, and centre. And there was a howling wind playing it, blowing towards the bay, going that way across from the highway down. And he was just, he was outstanding. He ended up, he lost his life. I think that a was car Steve. accident. Steve, was no. it Stephen Young? Did he? 
Stephen was Young or was it? Hoyle was the other boy. He had long blonde hair. I'm pretty sure it was Stephen Young. Yeah, Steve Young. Steve yeah, he Young. He died in a car accident. That's him? Yeah, yeah. that's him. Not, yeah. And before we played the next season, it was during the, that yeah, summer. Yeah, it was yeah. too, yeah. yeah. yeah him and, uh, bought, he was and a his a name was Hoyle, <laughs> the other boy. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. we still play him in the reserves for that for a cup called the Young Hoyle Young Hoyle, Cup. Hoyle Young Cup. Yeah. Because mm. he was a good... He was... He basically... Won it off his own. Well, he was, he was winning it off it. his own bat. He's a he was a fisherman, and I think that's why he played a lot of seconds footy, because he had to go fishing. He had to go fishing. Boat didn't come back sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah he, he yeah he couldn't get back to play. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was good, he was a good player. We we had played him earlier in the year. I I played seniors that whole season. I, yeah, I wasn't one of those forty blokes that had qualified got, got for qualified. the seconds, and I played on him in the seniors earlier in the year. So. He had played seniors yeah, um, yeah. during that season. Yeah. He must have yeah. did a good job on him, Teddy, because he was good enough to get dropped and play the Premiership team. <laughs> I got him dropped. That's what I said. Well, I didn't realise. I didn't know the thing about the about the fishing. I got him dropped. That yeah. might be two truths and a lie one day when they interview you, mate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why did he get dropped? Yeah, Teddy and Al. That's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that was uh, they were celebrating at three quarter time. You look across. I still remember looking across, and they were people were high five, and the crowd was heavy around them. And they were yeah. just jumping for joy. So Billy, big Billy Clifton's high five and blokes in the middle. Yeah. But then started piling on the goals. That first one, Maxie Shuller come through with that. I still remember when he's towelling yeah. it at the back across that wing and he banged Kenny Mack goal. I thought, here we go. It's one. Yeah. That's well, all right. Queenscliff well, kicked the first goal. So it was dire and got worse. And then we kicked the next 10. 10. Next 10 goals. Mm. Guys, I was actually playing on a, that tall. I think he kicked. Don't quote me. You had someone said, because the week before, he kicked a bag. And he was a young kid, but he was about 6'4". And he kicked over 100 goals for the year. So he was on fire the week before. And um, I remember Tank saying, this is, this is your, you know what you've got to do, you just got to stop him scoring, getting a goal. So, no, it was all right. It was a good feeling. And nice to be able to say you've played in the flag. Like, yeah. there'll be thousands of blokes, hundreds of thousands of blokes out there that have probably never played in a final, let alone a... a, a Yep. A grand final, yep. even at any level, even at junior level, yep. you know. And um, but to play, to say you've played in one for a local club like Barwon Eds, you think, wow. Yep. Where well, you so played all your juniors and you played, played all your with juniors. your heroes. Yeah, yeah. And you go without any success for all that time, and all of a sudden you're part of something. Yeah. It was uh, no, it was good. It was good. It was it was pretty good. We I'd, it was. It was we didn't feeling. see any of the seniors. I don't, Leopold, I think, won it that year. No, actually, no. Leopold probably Torquay won it that year, and and we didn't. See, we just all got on a bus and left. Yeah. All come yeah. here. I still remember going to the pub, pub and he's um, Dave Govins still in his footy gear with the boots on in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the ink. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was of course a reserves premiership, but you had a lot of blokes from the 72, 73, 74, You know, Macca yep. and uh, Fry yep. and those guys that have been yep. around Chooker. that era. Yep. Chooker. And then there was a young bloke playing in the '87 Premiership team who was, uh, I think he was only 17 at the time too. Matty Walter. Matty Walter. And uh, he yeah. kicked a few, and yeah. then he went on and played uh, in the senior Premiership team in '93. '93. Yeah. So because a ball fair link there between. Um, a really good, a really good thing to do is to ask Moose to remind <laughs> you of that game of either of the grand finals. I remember a bit of the reserves one. He doesn't remember anything I remember about the senior any one. The senior uh, one. No, he took he took Luke Crichton out. Yeah, he smashed Luke Crichton's fist with, yeah, with his face. With his face, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. broke Luke Crichton's hand. Yeah, broke Luke Crichton's hand with his with his face. <laughs> and can't remember anything of it. Nah, and that was the end of him for the game, and the end of Lou for the game. He had a broken hand. So, um, do you remember your first game? His senior Seniors? footy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> 
you might have already heard this for the story before, but I was uh, Graham Langsworth was coach. Mm-hmm. Got picked in the twos. I used to put the sides up in the butcher shop. So Bill Antonio's butcher shop. Butcher shop, yeah. And uh, I was full back for the reserves. I thought, oh, beautiful. Saturday morning, phone call, and it's Graham Langsworth had rang Arnie Bond the phone. Uncle Don answered. He said, just tell Tim that he's in the starting 18. He's been elevated uh, into the back pocket. So he says to me, we're not going over that early. You're, you're in the back pocket. I thought, oh, wow. And I'm starting to think, oh, Drysdale, because Drysdale were dirty. They were physically a big side, mm. but they were dirty. I, I didn't like playing Drysdale. I didn't like playing them in the reserves. But, and I wasn't a fighter or anything like that. I think I played hard footy and what have you, but I wasn't a blue or anything like that. I think from memory, and I was, I was trying to think of a while ago, it might have been a bloke called Ricky Hudson. It was either him or Sammy Longo that couldn't play. Something happened. And they said, you're in. So we get over there and Arnie Bond, she went to the paper, had a look. Oh, yeah. And Uncle Don's saying, well, you're in good company down the back. You've got Alan Fry in one corner and you've got Brian Marshman down there. They'll look at you. You'll be fine. No problem. So we, away we go. Get over there, running around. They give you a pat in the back. And, you, and of course, Marshy. How old were you, Tim? Sorry. So I would have been, I would have been 19 that year. So mm-hmm. I was 18 playing, but mm-hmm. 19 that year. And <laughs> Brian Marshman... I can only ever remember him with his jock strap halfway up his back. He'd take his teeth out, no teeth here. He'd run out, and Alan Fry went and picked up this. Uh, he was a spud farmer. He had slip black hair, dark <laughs> that skin. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't narrow it at all. I can't remember the late joke. 70s. It's um, Spider Bennett. It was him, Brian Marshall on the tips of his toes, bouncing down to pick up. And I thought, I actually thought I was picking up a bloke called Kelly. And he played seniors for quite a while. And I walked down looking, looking, and here's this bloke standing on the, on the boundary line. He walks over. It was Ronnie Tenable. Uh, <laughs> so Ronnie, Ronnie Tenable was one of the fearsome players in the Ballerine. Oh, if you didn't want to play in someone. It was him. It was him, and I can he tell you. He played for Geelong too, I think. He, he, he was he, just. And so he could play. Fight and dirty and a huge man. Just. And look, my backside shut. Shut down, I was, my heart was running at 300 beats a minute. I, I know how a parachuter feels if you're diving out, thinking the first jump. Yep. And I, oh God. And he, I go over, shook, went to shake his hand. And uh, he did, he put his hand out and shook. And he stood on my foot. And he's just got probably 120 kilos on my foot. And Brian Marshman saw what was going on. And he's come straight over and he said, I too can play at that game. And he's gone bang on the other foot. Well, she's on before the game even starts. There, <laughs> and, and you're in the middle and of it. I'm, I'm standing there jumping around with one foot, hopping around thinking... <laughs> I don't want to get dragged off, but I can't walk, you know. <laughs> so, so at any rate, game start. They, they, you're all right, Timmy. You're all right. And Marshy's giving him abuse. And Alan Fry was over there throwing left hooks. And it was like, I'm thinking, oh, God. So at any rate, Spider Bennett was Alan Fry was playing on. So at any rate, we start. And I was quick. I, I will say I could, I thought I'll, I'll be a bit, I thought he might have been injured, tenable. Because he was always, always in the ruck. Mm. But he's starting in the Ford pocket. So anyway, I get to the ball, running there. I could hear him breathing. Rah, rah, whistle blows. We all sort of stop. Tenable has a bit of a yell and a rah, rah, umpy blows it. Comes near me again, whistle blows. Tenable starts arguing. Umpy just said straight away, 48, you'll kick. I go back, kick. So this went on all day. Anywhere he went near the ball and I was near the ball, whistle blew. I don't even know what the whistle was blowing for at times, right? Because really, I never got flattened. I never got, you know, might have got knocked down a couple of times. He pushed me around, he might give me a slap. But I come off the, at the end of the day, I thought, I've actually done all right here. Tenable just argued all day with the umpy. Just continue, and this umpire was a teacher at Geelong High. Mm. He was a little Greek bloke with a big mop of Afro hair. And the more he argued, the more he just, he just put 48, your kick. 
mate, you're kicked. In the end, if he was there and I was there, I got the free. It was unbelievable. I just thought, I've had a pretty good game here. I got dropped the following week. But anyway, I thought I had a pretty good game. Going home, and the, it, I can't remember if we won or we lost. I think we might have won anyway. We, well done, great game, blah, 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 done really good. And I've got Barney Bonds in the middle, Uncle Don. He said, how do you reckon you went? I said, oh, I reckon I'm pretty good. At which stage, a whistle went off in my ear roll. Thinking, nearly ran off the road. What the hell? And what had happened was, Arnie Bond had read the Addy and seen that Tenable was there. She's got a whistle and she had this black Japara on. And I didn't really notice her at all during the game. And every end I went to, she was there. And every time Tenable I went for the ball, she blew the whistle. And everyone stopped. The whole game stopped. <laughs> the whole day. And she's. So she's had this, she's laughing her bloody head off and back snorting and carrying on. And that, she was my guardian angel. I don't think I played another senior game that year. Oh, I might have played a couple, but it wasn't much. Years later, same ground, Simon Long, he was president. And he's on the boundary and he done the same thing. He was blowing the whistle. The game was stopping. And he's pissed himself and he's president of the footy club. And he's pissed himself. And it was going out, wasn't going our way. Probably the same whistle. Arnie Bond might have said, look, here, you can have it back now. Two of the most highly regarded people in the history of the Valentine's Footy Club, Bonnie Blatant. Cameron and Simon Lawn, blatantly cheating. Blatantly cheating. Yeah. Well, they're looking after their... Um, well, interesting. After their, well, as Arnie Bond said, they're my boys. Yep. She used to refer to them as, yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they're my boys. And, I, and she was fiercely defensive of, yep. yeah. of the yep. players there. Didn't matter how bad they were or what they did, she was fiercely defensive of um, the footy club and the Barnett's footy club and... She would have been good here. Yeah, she would have earlier, been fantastic. Earlier, yeah. But um, we sort of got got to this thing, uh, and she was struggling a bit, and we it wouldn't have worked no. nicely for her. her it would, would have been a difficult thing for her, and then we lost her. So it would have been fantastic to have her. But you're a really good key in with her because you spend so much time with her. Just talk us through what what her philosophy was around the footy club, and what say maybe a week or a weekend. With Bonnie, it was like during footy during season? Footy? Well, during footy season, it was seven days a week was football. Yep. There was no day off as far as she was concerned. There wasn't because she took over the running of the canteen at yep. one, that, that's yep. and that became Bonnie's barn. Yep. And you know the story behind that too. Yes. We've spoken with Starry. We yeah, had oh, Starry on the show. Smell oh, no, and you told me that was, was I couldn't the, stop laughing. It was, there was always we always as kids called it the kiosk. The kiosk. And Starry didn't know how to spell <laughs> kiosk, so it was going to be called Bonnie's kiosk. But it became Bonnie's barn. Bonnie's barn. Barn's a lot easier to spell than kiosk. Yeah, no, it was seven days a week for the entire footy season. There was not one day that she didn't involve herself somehow, whether it was through ordering. Yep. And I knew that because she'd always, she'd ring home. I need you to pick this up from Ink Pen. There was this, yeah. this, this, this and this. Uh, the jumpers, they'd cook on a Thursday night. Uncle yep. Don would prepare the meals or prepare veggies or yep. whatever. Uh, Auntie Bon would cook. On a Thursday night, so the boys had a feed after they played footy. Tuesday night, she was down there. She made sure all the jumpers, she hadn't left any jumpers because Sunday was wash-up day. Yep. So she washed every jumper. Junior's right through. She, she washed. Didn't, yeah. She didn't just wash them. She, if you tore one, she, she mended it. She mended yeah. it. Being in haberdashery at Myers, yes. she would she take, it act, and get it take it in and get it done up. the best you could do. Yep. And mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, I used to try to bolt early Sunday mornings, just get out of the joint because... You just end up hanging out, jumping, Tim, and you had them in the back line across the there. I've got a vague a recollection that when we ordered a set of jumpers, they didn't come with numbers. And, and Bonnie used Bonds, to sew the numbers. She sewed them on. Yep. She, she would say, "Who's how many we got? Who's yep. is this jumper?" Sewed them on, repaired them. 
Mm. Um, food was a big thing. Was the uh, yeah. uh, if anyone was injured, like they needed supplies, stuff like yeah. that. She would always, I can get that. I can bring it down. Don can pick that up. Yep. But it was seven days a week. There was not one day yeah. where they said, "Oh, Sunday we're off," and then. Monday we'll start thinking about it Tuesday Tuesday night like it was yeah. us Tuesday night Thursday night Sunday morning yeah. place that day yep. that's what it was she was every day and yeah. she'd have her notes and her lists and how much this you know how, what they ate where are we going the whole lot she even uh, something about Aunty Bonnie a lot of blokes there were single fathers there was, when I say a lot there was quite yeah. a few single fathers yep and she they play and I, no names here but I know after a funeral they come they said you know she it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been able to play footy. Yeah, yep. Because they'd say, I can't play. They'd go to a Thursday night, oh, you, you know, uh, no, I can't play. Oh, I saw you out there, only, yeah, but I can't, I've got to look, I've got to look after my son yeah, or my daughter yeah, or my kids. Yeah, yeah. She said, you're playing. Yeah. Go and tell them. And then she'd go and talk to someone. She'd talk mm. to a Graham Langsworth. Or she, yep. you know, she had a, um, uh, what was it, she said Choco Welsh. Yeah, it was Peter yeah, Mannering yep. was another bloke. She'd go yep. and talk to them and yeah. she'd say, they're available to play. I always yep. just told me you can't. I right know. And she would make sure they dropped the kids off at the canteen yep. of a more, uh, whatever time they oh, got yeah. there. Yep. She said, I'll feed them. They'll be taken care of. They yep. won't have a worry in the world. I'll look after them. It's amazing. And, that's, and she did And not many people know that they, the reason some of these players, and they could, some of them, a couple of them were um, good Very footballers, good yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, she, she did that without no accolade, no nothing. She just didn't, this is what i got to do, this is what I do. Yeah. You know, wake up Sunday morning, bang, She and she was treasurer. Yeah. One yeah, stage there. Yeah, yeah. She had all the takings. Yeah. So you'd sit there and you'd just count everything up. And she, it had to be done a certain way on the table. And um, it, it was just, Uncle Don, he didn't bother in the end. He said, no, he just walked, you know, he had his green tracky dacks and his fat guts and his white bonds, took a bloody T-shirt and go out and lean on the bloody letterbox. And, I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> So she, I'll be stuck there, That's bloody exactly camp. That's exactly what I remember him. There's <laughs> only one thing you left out. He could go past at any time of day and he'd be leaning on the he's letterbox at the front. There's only one thing you missed out on that. What is? The dog. Oh, oh Robbie. Robbie. <laughs> Robbie the dog. <laughs> Robbie the dog. Robbie be sitting on the fence. On the fence. On the fence post. Yeah, sitting there with him. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, that's uh, we'd count it. Then she'd start, she'd have the washing machine going 100 mile an hour. Um, and, you know, a couple of times it shit the tin, the washing machine. Yeah. Uncle Don said, oh, she said, no, no. Oh, God. This is, no one really knew what behind the scenes yeah. what she did. I picked up, um, <laughs> the old late picking up the food, like pies and stuff. And they used to yep. get them from this mob in South Carolina called Inkpen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, I've gone down there on the... Ashley s- Smith worked at Inkpens. Ashley Smith. Ashley Smith worked at Inkpens. There's another one, another name yeah. from... Uh, from the blast from the past. Blast from the past. Yeah. I had a few runnings with his dad. Yeah. So I actually, I actually. What did his dad do? Yeah. Uh, I actually ran over his son on my car. I had Rod Long with me. Ran over his piss fart and ran in front of us on his push bike. And uh, I said, oh, "I've had enough of this." So I put the boot into it and actually just to scare him. But I didn't realise I actually ran over him. <laughs> ran over, and his dad come out right outside the cop shop, Nose Own Road, right outside. He's come out and I thought, "Oh, we're gone here." I left. You know, and he's got it. What's going on? I said, "Oh, look, he was." And he looked at his son. And he said, "You weren't playing. What was it playing? Uh, chicken, chicken with these cars, were you? You were." And I said, "Well, he was sort of running across." And he gave him in the biggest slap, and the, the bike was ratchet. <laughs> and he dragged hold of him, and he said, "Get in there!" And rah rah, because and I was probably lucky Rod was with him because Saturday nights he used to come around or yeah, you know, 
while you know going past, I'm a bit thirsty. I'll have a couple on the go on, go on, drop in the, and see Ronnie and you know, have a few. Ronnie and Donnie and whatever. And I think Ray Elliott was the other offsider at that stage. He could take yeah. care of things. He'd be right. Well, Ray Ray, Ray Elliott was playing. He used to play. Yeah. Played too. Flank, Ray Elliott. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, number but seventeen then, he wore. Was he number seventeen? I'm was pretty he? sure he was. Mm-hmm. That was a good number to have. Yeah. Yeah. Any rate, I'm, uh, I've picked these things up. It was a it was a Saturday morning. So I've picked them up, I've put them in the ute, come down Hitchcock, I've come down Hitchcock Avenue onto Bridge Road, oh you clunk, and I look over my shoulder and the tailgates come down and all the pies and stuff, just, they've gone straight out on the trays, they're all over the road, they're everywhere. And I see Jerry Lewis was standing on the other side walking down the road and he's pissing himself laughing, Jerry. And I'm out there madly trying to pick up stuff before cars run <laughs> over it. And, it's, and it's something they only just like put a light... 10 mil or whatever gravel stuff yeah. over it. and this pies have got shit and I'm trying to brush it off and everything. Anyway, put them all on, got down and never said anything. Did Jerry help you? No, he no. was just pissing himself. And I actually got him back. I had that old Claxton horn on my car once <laughs> and uh, I can't be on him once and give him the old squirt of feeding and shit himself in here. But anyway, <laughs> he um, he uh, got down there and Arnie Bond, she's cooking them up. And that night, right, <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell her like, next day we count the coin. She said to me, she said, oh, she said to Uncle Don, still remember it. They had a few complete. Did you have any pies of that? And Uncle Don said, yeah. I went down and got a pie and blah, blah. It's a bit ordinary. Uncle Don said, do it, do it. Gritty. <laughs> she said, I actually had a few complaints with the pies. People bought them back. Mm. And whatever, and pie pasties, sausage rolls. They were a little bit gritty. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying, I, I, was, I, I was about, I wanted to say something. Yeah. Now she's dead, I probably can, you know. Um, <laughs> I was, <laughs> so this I, is a fair while ago. Yeah, it's a fair while ago. And I never said anything. It was just, I'm trying, I probably obviously didn't get all the bloody stones no. and the asphalt out of them. And people are like, what's this going on? It's a bit hard. So did, they didn't did, cut that did, horse up enough. Did you ever, yeah, did you full ever, of bones. Did you ever go back to Ingpens to get any pies or no, did they change the supply? No, no, she, she did. No, she kept going. She, she, she went back. She did question them. She said the pies weren't of the same quality as normal. So, uh, I wasn't game enough to tell her that, you know, I'd lost the blood. As you wouldn't, you know. <laughs> she would no have killed way. you. She would have killed me. <laughs> so, um, and she was meticulous with everything. So, as far as, and it goes right back, like, Uncle Don played footy there. Uncle Jack played footy there, brother. He went on to play at Geelong, Jack. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 1949 they started selling, she started to raise funds and money, um, um, little boys and that in the copper. They'd oh, ball yeah. them on the, at the day and... They'd be selling these sausages and stuff from that. At the footy? At the footy to try and raise money to mm. originally to buy it because there was a big push to put it down near the sheep wash. Yep. And they got it where it was. And there was a big push when I was playing to move it there as well. Yes. Mm. Behind the scenes. Yes. A massive push. They wanted them gone out of that yeah. um, area where it is now. And it's a, it was a great facility, but the original was just the rooms like the, the original brick blockhouse. And mm. they put the, the extension the social on rooms social, social rooms onto yeah. it. So it was, they did uh, that all themselves. They did. With, they did. Yep. Mm. And they bought bought all everything themselves and paid for it all with their Sunday mornings and yeah. and raised the money themselves, built it all themselves. There's an enormous amount of um, volunteer labour mm. went into that. But that was uh, yeah, that was Auntie Bond. She just lived for the footy club. She referred them all as her boys, and she did. Um, yeah, you know, and it went on and ended up life membership, which was great to see that the two of them got life members. Because yeah. Uncle Don used to mow the lawns. Yeah. He made sure that those lawns were mowed. Yep. They'd be come times two day, two times a week. Yeah. It'd just be 
you'd never play on a better ground. And mm. you know, the, the they used to play grand finals. Grand there. finals there, the combined yeah. side, the interleague yeah, sides were played there. Games, Geelong, yeah. Geelong for Essendon, quite a number of years. Essendon came, Essendon came down, came and, down played, and played yeah. practice matches there because yeah. the ground was such was so good, so good. You know, and the, the amount of work that went into it. Um, see him driving around the tractor with the dog on the bonnet, and yeah. they just for hours just going over and over and over yeah. again. And I, I remember in, well, I reckon it's like about 1980, 79, 80, the drought, we had a bit of a drought and we, yep. we couldn't we couldn't put we sprinklers it on it, but People we could couldn't. water by hand. Yep. And and Don had all the under underage boys going. I was going down there at six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> water for an hour. Yeah. And and then come home, get my gear on, and go, to, go school to school on the bus. And then come back at six o'clock at night. That was in the summer. And do that. And then get home from school, run down and do an hour's water, just hand watering, and he'd give you an area. To he, do. To do. Put witches' hats out and you'd just... This is what you did. You'd hose that area. And then he'd come down during the day and mo- he'd probably hose a bit more, move the witches' hats. So you had and another And then area somebody had another bit to do that oh. night. He was meticulous with Maybe. his lawn. Yeah, you remember right. that really dry part at uh, forward? Yeah, that was your That bit. was my area. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I used to so be down there with Tim Goddard quite often. Tim Goddard, yeah. yeah. Or I'd hand over to Tim Goddard. I'd give my hose to Tim Goddard. Yeah. And, it, and he'd hose for it. Because it was a beautiful grand appliance. Yeah. Like it, you know, probably still. Oh, it is. Concludes part A of the Tim Zula episode. Go and make yourself a drink or have a break. Come back to it later. Don't forget, there's a part B. And we'll see you then. <laughs>